Greetings, fellow Earthlings. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. I want to thank all of our listeners from all over the world. Please do subscribe and share if you're not already. All right, let's get into it. Um, just yesterday, as a matter of fact, I was in a... So so just to break up for people, we're, gonna, we're just going to talk... Um, about you know um the, what we're experiencing right now um you know with covid and this crazy world that we're living in right now um spencer has personal experience with this so uh, i thought it was a perfect opportunity to let you know maybe the chads and the karens of the world who are you know <laughs> freaking out about having to wear a mask in a store hear a real story from somebody because um i was in a talk yesterday and somebody was asking the host of the chat if it was a crime for somebody to, to mandate that they wear a mask in their store so this guy was saying he went to his corner liquor store or whatever the person told him he can't come in without a mask he's going well that's a crime like isn't that against the law because there's no law that you have to wear a mask I must have left him 10 messages like I, I don't there's so many videos about this on YouTube. There's no law that says it, people people lose track of the fact that if I own a store, it's my store and I can deny exactly. you service for any reason, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be a mask, but, you know, every store ha- pr- pretty much has a sign. No shoes, no shirt, no service. Exactly. So, if you don't like the way somebody's running their store, you have no legal obligation. I mean, you have no legal recourse. You can just your option is to go to another store. But exactly. You know, me and this and the host were agreeing and he finally muted the person because the person was just kind of stuck on stupid with this. But, you know, we agreed that, you know, if if we were the store owner and you came into our store doing that, we would you know, force you to leave, even if we had to get physical, because you're putting not only ourselves at risk, you're putting our staff at risk, you're putting all the other customers at risk. And for what? To draw some like line in the sand about constitutional rights? That's not the time or the place to do it. It's it's crazy town. So honestly, my personal that's what opinion, gets me going with it. Yeah. My personal opinion, and I've had COVID twice now. I've tested positive twice now. Um, uh, my doctor even said he doesn't even think that the masks really, you know, do much other than, uh, you know, uh, mentally. I pretty much agree, right? But um, but that beside the point, you know, we've got this agreement to be what we call a society where we follow rules so we can all get along, right? So, exactly. I, I mean, I, I, I wear agree. a mask I think, everywhere I, I go. Yeah, and I agree. I don't think these masks and, are doing all that much. But at the same time, it's this social agreement that we've made, right? So who are these people that think yeah. they're special and they don't have to abide by the agreement that the rest of us are? I yeah. just, I don't get it. Me personally, I wear the mask. Uh, that way, others around me are comfortable, right? Because the last yeah. thing I want to do is be making other people uncomfortable or make other people feel unsafe. Uh, right. Which is, I mean, 
yeah, I totally understand it. And I wouldn't push COVID on anyone. It's absolutely horrible. But yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. I wear a mask. So the people around me feel all right, you know? Exactly. For me, it's I, I'm not using it for my own personal protection because when I first when I first got COVID, I was hospitalized with it in the beginning uh, a year ago this time. And I, I was the guy that was social distancing. I had a mask on. You know, I was sanitizing. Uh, you know, I was avoiding people. I was that guy, but I ended up getting hospitalized with it. But Wow. I mean, I still wear a mask just to, you know, bring comfort to others. Basically. Sure. Now, I don't want to pry or anything. I don't want to. I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. But, but I would love to hear as much of your story as you're comfortable telling. Um, well, the you know, reason why I put, you know, it's in my bio, so I'm very open to it. I'm very. I love talking to people about it, just to you know bring awareness and help people understand the one negative. Right thing is I all the time I have people uh tell me that you know my experience is that can't be you've got to be lying there's no way you had COVID there's no way COVID does that but there's you know there's proof to back up uh what's happened to me and it was very real I still suffer in a few ways from it but yeah what do you want to know I'll tell you anything you want to know uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe you could just kind of describe your journey through it. Um, and, and, but I just kind of want to say something to that, to, to the doubters or whatever. It, I, I was faced with that. Um, recently, somebody doubted a story that I was telling about my past because I couldn't produce a uh -huh. physical, because I couldn't produce a physical photograph of that moment in time, which was 1994. Uh -huh. um, okay. You know, so for these people who are like, well, I, I, I don't believe it. <laughs> Let me see your medical records. You know, next, you know. If First of all, I'm not going to put my medical records out there in the public, you know. Exactly. And, second and for of anybody all, that's that much of a skeptic, yeah. you know, I'm not trying to have a, a, a Jerry Springer debate show. You know, I'm just trying to, to talk with people share some 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 information share some stories and you know and if you're that much of a contrarian or if you really really doubt people that much i'm not gonna ask you know spencer to produce his medical records i'm taking him on his word that what he's telling me is not a lie because my experience with you thus far is that you're not a liar so i'm gonna and go let, with that let me start out by saying another thing let me start off by saying I am, I feel, I'm so grateful to be able to do this uh, stereo cast with you today. I look up to you uh, and hopefully someday I'll be, you know, a great influencer like yourself here on stereo. Um, oh, but yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on today. I, I've been super pumped all week. Wow. That, wow. That was, <laughs> thank you. Influencer. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, no, uh, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm befuddled. That's all good. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I don't see myself that way. But, but, <laughs> but, wow, thank you. That's um, you know, here's here's a good, a good way to put it. I saw one time a picture uh, or a meme. It had uh, had two drawings on it. One was an absolutely beautiful uh, professional drawing, and one was you know a drawing done by a child and the, and the drawing done by a child 
um, had addressed over the top the way I see my artwork. And then down below the professional piece, it said the way others see me. So I think that that uh, follows pretty well into your area. You, you know, I mean, you're you're great at putting things out there, conversating, engaging the public, you know, uh, helping people have a good time. But then when you look at yourself, you only see, uh, you know, the bits and pieces. You judge yourself over the, the little, uh, you know, the mishaps, the, the broken pieces. But That's anyway. Do you want, want me to go ahead and just, want me to go yeah. ahead and just pitch in my story, basically start to finish, kind of the experience? Yeah, all yeah exactly. Exactly. Let's just do a little story time with Spencer and, um, you know, and, and you know, um, I, I'm down for well, questions. Interrupt me at any time. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I was just going to say that if somebody has something pressing, if they have an experience that they want to share, if they're going through something, you know, please feel free. Chime in, um, you know, use this as, um, you know, some some free mental health time. <laughs> but yeah, okay, let's, so um, let's hear it, man. I'm interested. So a year ago, we all know COVID uh, wasn't really, you know, no one was really taking it seriously. Um, at least my part of the world, I'm in Southern Arizona. Uh, people kind of were still looking at it as some sort of Chinese media scare scam thing that wasn't yeah. going to take off. And, you know, they were just trying to get us all worked up and whatever. But I was still going out of my way uh, to be cautious, and uh, I was going to school at the time, and uh, my my school was trying to debate whether or not you know they should switch online versus uh, you know stay in person. So like all right. that kind of stuff going on, I sure. was I was going out of my way to I was wearing a mask out of respect for others because. You know, some people, especially the lot of older folks that I worked around uh, at my job, I was a server uh, at a pizza place. Um, so, you, you know, I'm wearing that mask. I'm wearing gloves. I'm social distancing. I hadn't been into I hadn't been to any parties in over a month. Uh, right. You know, just just really trying to go out of my way to be careful just in case, you know, it was really uh, something real. Um, a few of my buddies decided to go out of, ta out of town. They go to New York City and Hawaii for a week. Uh, you know, two different groups, two different places, which at that time were hot spots. But they didn't really think anything of it. They just thought, you know, really cheap plane tickets uh, and like everything in those areas of the world were super cheap at the time just because yeah. of the the possible possibility of it actually being something severe so they went and yeah. had fun i kept doing my thing this is where i i'm pretty sure i got uh you know covid is from them going to these places anyway they get back and then they get sick where basically it was like a flu you know they had they had low fevers body aches and these these random dry coughs and I really thought nothing of it, just kept doing life, you know? And yeah. then uh, 
I, I, I remember the first day very vividly. And bear with me, it's a lot of information. Uh, but no. I, I, I suddenly, out of, the, out of the blue, just felt I was exhausted, like fatigued. It was weird. I'd just been doing classes. I'd gotten back from work. I was trying to study, uh, do some homework. Um, and out of nowhere, I'm just, you know, I'm wrecked. And it's like yeah. 10 at night. So I, I, I decided to go hit the hay. I go to bed right, right then and there. Um, about an hour later, I, I wake up with these horrible stomach cramps. You know, like the stomach cramps when you got to go to the bathroom. Uh, yeah. And so I think, to, I think to myself, oh, I got to, you know, I'm going to go take use the bathroom. Business. So I go, yeah. <laughs> go take care of business. Exactly. So I go in the bathroom and, you know, I sit down. And out of nowhere. So take take three of your fingers and go right above the belly button, three fingers above the belly button, right in there. I I suddenly have a really sharp pain. And then my stomach falls asleep. Imagine that. The size of a baseball or so, just in the center of my of my stomach above the belly button. It just falls asleep. The weirdest sensation. It was so weird. Like that tingling then, sensation when your foot goes to sleep or something. Exactly. Exactly okay. like that. It was okay. just wow. totally random and weird. And and uh, then the sensation started to spread down uh, towards my feet and up towards, you know, spread all over my entire body. Until yeah. my, ent- my, literally... My entire body from head to toe to the tips of my fingers had that sleeping sensation. It was wow. the weirdest thing in the world. And um, suddenly my, my, my fists began to clench. And basically my, my muscles began to seize. I wasn't having a seizure just yet. That happens later. But uh, I can't. I can't open my hands or anything. My, my arms are starting to, I basic, uh, my, like my knees are starting to tuck in towards my chest and my arms are starting to pull in towards my chest. Uh, like I basically fall into the fetal position with my entire wow. body asleep and I can't move anything. I can't open my hands. I'm clenching my fists until my hands turn white and then purple. And I remember falling off the toilet and calling out to my roommates that I needed help. And uh, then I had a seizure. I started seizing all over the place. You know, I, I kind of black out for the sec for a second. And when I come to my roommates, they had kicked down the bathroom door, trying to ask me questions. And then my hearing, I lose my hearing. It takes about 30 seconds for my hearing to go completely out. And then I lose my sight completely. Oh my god! Um, you must have been freaking and out. I, I had no idea what was going on. I was thinking in my mind, you know what? If I, I mean, if I suddenly have some Am sort of weird disease or something, if I end up paralyzed, deaf, and blind the rest of my life, I mean, I'm totally chill with it. Uh, I'm gonna have to figure out how to, you know, redo life. Like these are the kind of things that are going on in my mind. I mean, did you and think you were dying at that moment? I yes, that's part of what was I was thinking. 
part of me was, am I dying? And the other part of me was thinking, if this turns out to be me the rest of my life, am I going to be okay with this? How am I going to, you know, I'm a pre-med student at the time. Like I'm thinking all my plans are about to change. You know, (laughs) my girlfriend and I, you know, we'll probably have to break up or something. I mean, life is just changing right now. And uh, in the biggest possible way in every aspect of your life. Right. Wow. Uh huh. And it, it, I, I could feel my roommates trying to, you know, move me around and, and such. And, and, uh, and then I begin to notice that my, 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 my whole body goes numb. And then I can't feel anything. I could feel them touching my face, but other than that, I couldn't feel anything. So I'm blind, I'm deaf, and I can't feel anything below the neck. And, uh, and I mean, it was just the weirdest sensation. Time went by. It felt like hours. I could, I could feel myself breathing and I can, I could feel people touching my face and, you know, like my head, my ears. And other than that, I had no feeling at all, you know? And it was like the scariest, like my life was flashing before my mind. I was rethinking everything I'd ever done in life, like uh, reaching out to like, uh, whether it's God or, you know, just I start praying. I'm not really a praying person, but I start praying like if you're out there, God, you know, you know, help me. That way I can like have some sort of life or just kill me because I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go through with this and uh, my vision starts to come back eventually. And uh, I'm laying yeah, in a hospital bed. By eventually. What do, you yes. mean, what do you mean by eventually? Um, I, when I, when I come to, uh, I found out that I had been unconscious and conscious. They presumed me conscious because uh, I was moving like my jaw and like my eye, I was blinking and stuff. So they knew I was like kind of there, but at the same time, not really there. But between the time of my collapse and when my vision started to come back and at that same time, my hearing was starting to come back. And then I started, you know, being able to communicate. I still couldn't see and I could hear faintly. And I was asking what was going on. They said I had been, uh, conscious slash unconscious you know in that blob state for about 10 hours and i was at the hospital now and uh they had no idea what was going on with me they had taken brain scans spinal scans uh and they were like trying to determine what the heck was going on with me but they you know had no idea what the heck was going on and uh I was in the hospital for 24 hours. My full vision came back at about 12 hours after first incident. Hearing came back about 12 hours after first incident. I was able to communicate. And 20 hours in, I was be, uh, starting to get uh, movement and feeling back. And at the 24 hour mark, I had no signs of ever, anything. I was like basically a perfectly normal human. And they released me from the hospital. 
and they were completely mind blown. They had no idea what was going on. And the one, the one doctor was pretty shook up. He's like, I have never seen that before in my life. I don't know what's going on with you. If you have any symptoms in the next 24 hours, call me, please. Can you give me his personal number? Uh, yeah, he's, he's freaking out going, I don't even know what just happened. You almost died on my watch and I don't even know why. Yes. Wow. Uh-huh. 10 hours later, I have out of nowhere, a fever of 103 degrees. And, and I call him up and he's like, uh, I've been doing some research and there's some people in Europe and China that have, are, have basically what you just had. And they're testing positive with that COVID virus out of China. And that's affecting like New York City and stuff. So you could possibly have that is what he told me. He, he told, you know, just lay low. And uh, because we're not sure what's going on, we'll send a doctor to your house. We'll send a nurse to your house and check up on you in a few days. Wow. And uh, yeah, uh, a few days later when they came check up on me my fever was still at 103 and uh for two weeks i had a fever of 103 that's the only thing that happened for two weeks and uh after that uh out of nowhere my fever decided to spike up to 105 um and then i was hospitalized again yeah, and, uh, you're risking you're risking death and brain brain damage and death at that point. Yeah, yeah. And at that time, they still they still didn't have uh, COVID tests in my area, so they were running off just pure speculation and off of you know personal research that. They were pretty darn convinced that I had it at that time. It wasn't until five weeks in that I actually received a test and tested positive. Um, and throughout the whole time, they uh, um, they didn't know how to treat me. So they were just in, basically doing their own research, calling up, uh, communicating with some, you know, more advanced uh, university medical centers and stuff just trying right. they i i even i allowed them to use experimental drugs and stuff on me too because they had no idea what was going on with me throughout the whole process i um i would have episodes where i'd lose my vision or lose my hearing or both or go completely i'd have temporary paralysis you know below the neck just yeah, I, little I episodes of the it same thing i mean at that point you're going give me anything anything you got that might you know, bring it, right? Because what are your alternatives at that point, man? Wow. Exactly. So uh, after two weeks, when the fever spiked up uh, to 105, it, it was jumping between 105. I never actually hit 106. It was 105.9, but still it's pretty severe uh, for high fever. Um, Very and. In, in, in those few weeks, I, I, I was losing my sight quite often, sometimes days at a time, my hearing sometimes days at a time. Uh, by this time, uh, something I should note, the moment the uh, fever of 103 hit, I lost my uh, taste and smell. Um, wow. And when the fever 
you know, spiked up to 105, I also got the, the dry cough. And that was horrible. <laughs> uh, like out of everything, everything was pretty bad, but that dry cough, it was like uniquely bad, if you know what I mean. Uh, Interesting. And that only happened once but, you hit 105, huh? Yeah, it was weird. Fascinating, because um, I, I always thought, you know, that that's one of the onsets they tell us to look for is, you know, you know, fatigue well, it was, and the dry, the dry cough it was, thing. It was, yeah, it was two weeks in. So it was right in the transition time between the 103 and 105 time. But uh, so for the next three weeks out of that, after I uh, hit 105, uh, I was in and out of the hospital constantly. Um, like they were putting, they were doing ice baths at my house. They were doing ice baths at the hospital. Uh, the lowest they were able to get me down to in three weeks was 103. And wow. yeah, the doctors that's, that's were were genuine. They were genuinely concerned, and yeah. they were they were very surprised that over those next those next three weeks, which were my most severe you know weeks, that I was able to stay conscious for as long as I did in those three weeks. Um, I did there. There was a 30 hour period that I was fully unconscious and they were considering putting me into a metal, medically induced coma just to hopefully bring down the, uh, the fever and take stress off my brain and stuff, but never actually yeah. went ahead and did that. Uh, thank goodness. Um, well, I mean, I don't know if, it's not like there's any negative thing about putting it, being put into a medically induced coma. It's just would have been scary. Um, yeah. But there's movies about that. You said what? There's movies about that. Yeah, the movie Coma could be very scary. Being right. Um, yeah. Man, so so it just comes to mind. What was your life situation like during that time? Did you have did you have a partner that was helping? I mean, like, oh, my God, what was your home life like? So I was uh, currently. I'm sorry. Let me give a quick uh, shout out to people. Appreciate you people listening. We're just going to wrap up. You know, we're letting letting Spencer get into his story here. And then we're going to open it up to you people let, and then and hear from you. Let us know if you've had a personal experience. Um, and we'll, we'll open it up. But just want to, you know, it's a pretty pretty intense story, pretty personal and pretty moving. So I want to let Spencer get this out without, you know, having it broken up. I don't, I don't want to mess with his, with his, um, the thought process in, in it with his flow. So that that's, that's my logic here, people. So we're going to get to the message in just a minute. And I really appreciate everybody being here. And I really appreciate Spencer right now, because I think this is a really important conversation to have, especially right now. Um, you know, just let's all get along people. Let's, let's all do the, what's best for the greater good. You know, sometimes there's a little personal sacrifice involved. And, um, so I'm down to do a little personal sacrifice if it makes the people around me feel more comfortable. And with that, back to you, Spence. Thank you much. Um, 
in those three weeks of my high fever time, um, my body, um, I got to the point where I was not physically able to uh, hold down uh, solid foods. My body, oh like my, I, I was too weak to digest normal food. Uh, I even got to the point where I was too weak to suck out of a straw. And so uh, they had had an IV, you know, I was basically being fed through an IV. In other words, you know, they were just putting liquids through directly into me, you know, to to give me strength. And then uh, this isn't very common, but they gave me a second IV just because of my state uh, for the state that I was in just the high fever and they were hoping that uh you know putting stuff directly into my bloodstream would also help bring the fever down because it had been a full week and it had not gone it was you know it was going between 105 and 106 but it hadn't broke that 105 mark and and they were every day they're uh running like all, they would come ask me a bunch of questions and they were taking brain scans and doing spinal scans because uh, with the high fever, you run the risk of uh, damaging your brain. Uh, Sometimes, you know, I mean, very commonly, severely that, you know, uh, will affect the rest of your life. Um, I think, yeah. So, I mean, basically that's, that's what it was for five weeks was, was just fever and, 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 and temporary paralysis and sight loss, hearing loss, no taste or smell. Oh, the other weird thing was, uh, I was, so I was doing or attempting to do, uh, school online because they'd transferred everything to online, but looking at a screen. Just a quick Ugh. check of my phone. Literally, I felt like I felt like I had a bag of coals inside of my brain. Is the feeling uh, that it felt like? It, so it just it, it burned. Yeah, I couldn't. So I my roommate had to contact the school for me because I was too weak to speak, and tell him that I was suffering from COVID and that I wasn't going to be able to complete my courses on time. So after I got released. Uh, from the hospital the last time after my fever broke they gave me six extra weeks to complete school after the semester had already been finished and thank goodness for that or I wouldn't have been able to complete uh, my course or my courses Um, but when the fever finally broke uh, after five weeks I mean it was it, it went from 105.9 105.9 to within 12 hours, I was down to 99, 99 degrees, which is barely even a, a temperature right yeah. there. And at that time, I was too. literally, I, I was conscious. I was able to move my eyes. I was barely able to speak. And I couldn't lift my limbs because I was so weak. Um, wow. In five, in five weeks, I lost 35 pounds. Um, I'm, I'm six foot at that time I was 180 pounds and I lost 30 pounds. So I was down to, uh, 
it was like in the 145, 150 range, which is not good for a six foot looking anorexic. 22 yeah. year old. Right. Yeah, no kidding. Um, lots of people have asked me, you know, how COVID affected me uh, through like relationship wise and with my family. My family was very supportive, but with, you know, the whole instant going with everything was going on, they asked me not to come home for a while, which I understood. My girlfriend did break up with me, which was brutal, you know, exactly, to say the least. Uh, so, I mean, just left and right, things were falling apart. I lost my job. Obviously, uh. I hadn't been able to go for five weeks. Um, and I had that dry cough that lasted for another uh, another few weeks, and then it turned into pneumonia, and then it turned into bronchitis after that. Oh my um, God. But start to finish from when I first collapsed with that seizure in the bathroom and the paralysis and everything to when I finally had regained enough strength to be able to walk on my own. Because mm-hmm. there were a f- few months there that, uh, well, it, it basically went from me when the fever broke. I I was like a vegetable, basically. Who was con- I was conscious. I could I could barely mumble. I could move my eyes and I could blink. I couldn't lift my limbs. About a week later, after being you know, living off of IV IVs and Gatorade, basically. Um, yeah. Gain enough strength to be able to start to move my limbs a bit. And another thing I should uh, should add also the uh, that you hear about is uh, people talk about the the, the pain, uh, the the aches and pains you get from COVID. Uh, it, it it literally felt like uh, it, it's a kind of pain that's deep, like inside the bones, kind of deep, uh, kind of aches. It's almost like someone driving a a, a hot rod or like burning coals through the center of each individual bone throughout your entire body is i think the best way to describe the the aches and pains kind of feeling but so imagine that along with everything else um holy shit but between when i first got it and three months later i was finally uh uh, able to to actually leave my house this toothpick of a six foot 22 year old uh who even at that time i was hardly able to move and uh uh it took quite a, a few more oh i want to say it's probably start to finish is probably four and a half months before i was back to full strength Wow. And when I say full strength, like being able to go back to work. Um, Man. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy. Let's, um, and that's, wow, man, that's, that is amazing. <laughs> we got some messages stacking up here. You want to hear what the people have to say here? Um, and then I'd we can love to come back. And then we can kind of come back and, and pick up. Um, you know, I don't know. That if, basically it, is, you know, my story right there is my experience of it. the COVID time. And then 
if you want to, I can tell you about how having COVID has it has affected me since as well. But yeah, let's get to the big stuff. Yeah, like, like exactly. I want to make a couple notes here. Um, like how has it affected you? And I also want to come back and talk about finances. Like, oh my God, like how were you able to spend oh. that much time without work and blah, blah, blah. I mean, this gets deep, right? I, There's a lot of trickle downs. So. Yeah. I had the, let's hear what the I people the, have to say and come back to that. That Good idea. You want to pop a bubble first and we can, we can alternate through them? Somebody told me that it helps the algorithms sure. if we alternate on the bubbles. Oh, what you been? You been vaccinated, bro? You got the you got the vaccine? What's up, Mike? I have Austin? not had the vaccine. No, my no, doctor no, because I've had it. Tw- sorry, go say ahead. that again. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say because I've had it. I've had it twice now, and both times were pretty risky. My doctor said he wants me to hold off just a little while, just uh, for a, the, you know for results and stuff, uh, how the vaccine helps and everything. So in about a month, uh, if my doctor clears it with me, yes, I'll go get the vaccine. Well, and that's a good point, because this is the first trial run of the fastest vaccine to ever be released, right? Exactly. So so this is kind of like the new model of a car. You want to get the 2.1 or the the one point, you know, you want to get the upgraded model. You don't want to get the first one on the yeah. market. <laughs> you know, give them a couple months, work out the bugs or whatever. So I, props to your doctor for that. Um, but yeah, no meatballs. He was talking about his personal story about, uh, you know, near death experience, being in a coma, losing his vision, losing his sight, losing muscle control for F's sake. I mean, like, touching, touching story. If if you didn't catch the beginning of this, people, go back and listen. We're only, you know, 40 minutes in or something. But, oh, my God, touching, touching story, uh, bringing, it, bringing it really personal with this whole thing. Um, so, yeah, thank you for your message, Meatballs. Thank you for everybody tuning in. Let me give a shout-out real quick to some people. We got some people in here that have been hanging with us for a minute here. Um, Appreciate you, Meatballs. He sent us a message, clapping it up. We love it when people clap it up. It triggers the algorithm to let the app know that people are enjoying this conversation. And then it, in turn, sends more people to the conversation. You know, more people make for a more dynamic conversation. So please hit that, you know, if you're liking what you're hearing, please hit the the little clap, the little hands there. Blow those up, tap them as fast as you can, play it like a snare drum, and that'll send a bunch of claps up, fireballs and stuff, and that'll send more people to the room. I saw it one time when people started doing this, I saw it go from 10 people in the room to 20 people right away. So it totally works. Um, We got Practical Design, Lowkey420, Dorian, Blisso4, John Pat, Queen B to you. Mr. Chow, making me hungry with that name. Too many words. Vidana, Sweet Voice 93, 720 Wisdom, Ms. Money Penny, Black Panther 24, Black Panther's in the house. Got my fist up. John Pat, Miss Money Penny again. Is it Liviette? Cool. And Hanway West. Appreciate you, people. Thank you so much. I'm Let me just bubble here. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, if you guys uh, want a cool story, check out Miss Money Penny. 
uh, we've done a few shows together, but she is currently still suffering with COVID. She's had it for 13 months. Oh my goodness. Wow. Talk about a survivor. Condition. It's a condition called long COVID. It's pretty horrible. That sounds horrible. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody drop a follow on Spence, drop a follow on myself, and I'm going to hit the next bubble here. Hi, Spence. Miss Moneypenny. Um, hopefully, you know, we can continue the COVID chat. I think I booked a show for us in three or four hours' time. Um, yeah, incredibly, isn't it? Dramatic. What you suffered, what you went through. Um, re- refresh my memory again. What happened? Did they take you into hospital? Did your flatmates call the ambulance? What happened uh, in the hospital? Did they immediately suspect that it was COVID? In the beginning, they had no idea. And yes, they uh, it was by ambulance. Oh, I don't remember any of that part. I was told about it afterwards. Uh, but because it was so new, it, it being a year ago this month, uh, they had zero idea to what it was. Um, and I mean, yeah. So they were testing me for all sorts of things, brain scans, spinal scans, uh, didn't test me for COVID because they didn't have COVID tests and it was still for all they knew a media scare. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You want to hit the next bubble? Do you know, Spence, your, um, your account is, is making me quite emotional. It's making me tearful just listening to it. It's like me going through it all over again. You know, mine was a little bit different, but. God forbid, you, you are a brave guy to have, have told that, and thank you so much. Thank yeah, you much. Totally. Much appreciated. Um, yeah, I got I got choked up just listening, you know. Um, oh, dang. I think, think it's a oh, human story, just... so anybody, anybody that's empathetic would. Um, but, you know, I just, I thought the, the real importance of people hearing this is, you know, mm-hmm. so whatever you feel about masks and government and this, just love your neighbor, love your fellow human, do it for them. If, if, you know, if nothing else, do it for your fellow human, for your neighbor, you know? Um, yeah. Let's see. You want to hit the next one or did, did you hit the last one? I I forgot. I don't remember. I don't remember. I'm really sorry to hear that. All of you, all that you went through, that's, insane um that's horrible but i just have a question and i'm not trying to doubt you and i hope you guys don't cut me into pieces just for asking this but what was your health prior to getting covid the first time have you experienced any sort of um, seizures or epilepsy in the past um like what was your health like prior to getting covid because like you said you were busy with school your immune system was low exposed to a high population of um, maybe people that were older um, did you get a flu shot like there's so many questions that I need to ask but at the same time respectfully right like I'm not trying to come off as like doubting you I just want to kind of understand what your dealings were with COVID yeah no, no I, I am totally open that to that yeah yeah, yeah and, and, and I, just, I, I just want to throw a blanket statement out there. Like, you know, it, 
I'm all about having conversations and opening up dialogue. And the with Bliss, the way you came with that was beautiful. You know, you're asking a question yes, very yeah. respectfully, very politely. We're not asking you to take anything at, at, at face. You know, we're not telling you to do anything. And I'm sure as hell not going to cut off anybody's opinion or or point of view. You know, um, yeah. you come in with you come in with hate or anything like that. Name calling. That's different. No, you know, we don't have time for that. Um, we're building community here um, and giving people time to in space to to share and, and you know unity, man. There's enough things that divide us. So no, man, uh, those were great questions, right? And those are questions that I have. Um, so thank you for bringing them up. Um, you know what 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 was your your state of health prior? Yeah, and uh, Miss Bliss, before I'm I very open to questions um and i mean i'm a genuine guy so i'll ask them i mean i'll answer them you know honestly um but yeah so a little background for myself i'm a very active individual Pr prior to uh even throughout school i've always made uh time for myself to you know six days a week exercising um yes i've had flu shots uh my my parents felt like vaccines were very important. So growing up, I've had all the vaccines I've ever needed. I've left the country a few times, so I've had required vaccines for leaving the country. Um, but so up to this point, I had been very healthy. I hadn't, I hadn't been sick in months. Um, like I said, exercising regularly, I had myself a good diet. Uh, I'm the kind of guy I like going trail running, mountain biking. My I feel like my sport is rock climbing. I do that three times a week. Um, right before, uh, <laughs> right before I got live with and another thing, I was at the gym. You know, uh, I bike 15 miles uh, three days a week. Uh, you know, very active individual, very healthy, and the doctor actually knew me. Uh, or knew of me, his son and I were pretty close and we we're always doing active things together. So he, that's one of the reasons he was so confused about me being so sick in the hospital at that time, because I'm a, I'm a very active, very healthy individual. I mean, I eat very balanced meals. I, I'm not like vegetarian, like, and I'm not, I'm not dissing people like that. I'm just trying to say I eat well balanced meals. I exercise regularly, you know, it's it's rare for me to get sick and then mm -hmm. you know i got hit with this which was i mean yeah, beyond the, uh i the one thing i uh in high school i had a whooping cough and that knocked me out for about three weeks and almost killed me but that's the last major time i was sick and the doctor did say that because i had whooping cough uh my uh, sophomore year of high school, uh, that's one of the reasons why the, uh, or one of the a possibility for why uh, the cough, the, the dry cough, pneumonia, and bronchitis had the effect that it did on me. Is why it hit because you so COVID hard. likes, yeah, COVID likes to uh, find the little, you know, the, the dormant, uh, uh, oh, I don't know what they're called, but sicknesses that you have had in your life in the past don't always go away you know mm -hmm. they stay within your system but they're dormant right. 
and COVID likes to reactivate those dormant things. So, yeah, and, and that's the only big major thing I've had in my life is the whooping cough. And that was years. I hope prior. that's a good answer. Yeah, no, that was that was pretty pretty in depth, I think. But yo, Spence, um, I'm happy that you're okay, bro. Even though I, I may not necessarily agree with um, you know, the reasoning as to why what happened to you happened to you. Um I think there's a lot more nefarious things um at play than just an organic uh, you know new virus that's doing this um i don't believe i don't believe that is the case but regardless of all of that um shit bro i'm happy that you are okay i'm happy that you did not allow them to place you into the medically induced coma or, or they never got around to that part or you didn't uh sign a non-resuscitation waiver which pretty much concluded that they would be able to do with you as they please so um and this this was happening all over the United States, and it's it's a shame that it, that is still happening. So I'm happy you're good, bro. Thank you, Meatballs. Yeah, thanks for that comment, Meatballs. That was that was awesome. See, beautiful comment, man. See, that's what I'm that's what I'm talking about. When people come like that, man, it, it restores your faith in humanity. You know. Um, yeah. Love that. And, and you know, it, and meatballs, I don't want to get off the rails here, but I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, you know, that's a whole nother topic the the origins of COVID. Did it really yeah, no come? From, did it really come from Wuhan, China? Or is it possible that it came from a U.S. weapons lab at a military base in Fort Detrick, Maryland? There's a little Who bit knows? of Maybe someone's trying to, to figure out their own form of population control or something. Well, you yeah, never know. Exactly. There's speculation. Totally. And that's, you know, that's getting into the new world order to Agenda 21. And, you know, and I'm not going to speculate either way, but, you know, there's many more talks to be had about that, you know. Um, yeah, totally. But, you know, it, it's, the one thing I want to say on that is it's it, it is right off the bat. It struck me as odd that if this virus did start in Wuhan, China, and China's the most dense, China and India being the most densely populated places on the planet, how would the United States become the epicenter, the worldwide epicenter? Yeah, no kidding. Right, so that's what makes you start thinking about the maybe the Fort Detrick, Maryland thing. And I don't wanna go off the rails on conspiracy theory stuff or whatever, um, but, <laughs> but, that that same weapons lab in Fort Detrick, Maryland was closed down for fear of the things they were working on possibly escaping okay. a year before Corona. And that same weapons lab was also the origin of the 9-11 anthrax that was sent out in the mail. So not saying what it is i'm just throwing that out there <laughs> you know we'll just, we'll just leave that right mm -hmm. there for anybody who wants to investigate further <laughs> okay you, know, you want me to hit it you want to hit that yeah you want to hit that next one yeah that sucks bro I'm, I'm sorry you had to undergo that bro that that sucks man i, I it sucks right? sitting here listening to you uh you know talk about how you had to suffer like that man um i wish our Good, medical right? professionals would um 
expose the truth to us, you know, um, that we can heal, we, we can, uh, we're, we're, I don't know, man. It, it's tough, it's tough for me to even say things like this because we're just so, you know, we're so headstrong and believing whatever we've been told is the yeah. truth about everything and how it works and all of that. But um, I, I don't think you had to go through through all of that, bro. And it hurts my heart to hear that you had to. But I'm glad that you're okay, bro. Thank you much, man. Let me just. Yeah. Did I lose you? Oh, there we go. Sorry, someone tried to call me. I don't know why this oh. brought up the thought when you're talking about that, but uh, oh, it's probably the medical professionals part, but uh. They called me, the hospital called me and they said, uh, we just got our first bunch of COVID vaccines and we would like you to be the first one in the area to receive it uh, since we consider you, you know, a uh, high risk uh, case. So I go to the hospital and I was, you know, my fever was still 105 at that time. And my roommates had to carry me in because I was too oh weak God. and they put me in a wheelchair. And, uh, but the hospital was completely packed at that time. They wanted to put me in the ICU, but they didn't have room. Um, so they stuck me in a tent in the parking lot, uh, designated as the new, uh, you know, critical care area. And there were probably a hundred beds in the parking lot in tents, completely full of people with COVID at that time. And then I got the test wow. and everything tested positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, life went on. But uh, I just had to bring that point up. But Yeah, you know, I mean, and that brings up our for-profit healthcare system, right? So, you know, with, with medicine for profit, hospitals, you know, it's not in a hospital's best interest to have a bunch of equipment just stockpiled and sitting around, right? That's unneeded overhead if you look at it in capitalistic terms right if you're looking at it strictly from running a profit oriented business right so this this is why healthcare the covid is a prime example of why healthcare should not be for profit and why that's immoral right you're putting profit above people's lives you're not going to stockpile equipment because that's wasted capital that could be invested in making profit somewhere um you know but other countries that do it differently had a huge jump on us because they don't have a for-profit healthcare system um here i'm gonna go ahead and hit a bubble and see where the people want to take it but um you know um, i i would love to talk about you know, our healthcare system and this and that, but I don't want to direct the conversation. I want to see what the people want to hear. Yeah, Penny. Yeah, Penny. I got a bunch of questions and and, and another thing, you already know how I am, bro. And you, you, you could tell I held back so much, bro. Cause I just feel so bad for you, Spence, bro. I feel so bad, bro. Like you shouldn't have had to go through any of that shit, bro. These, these people know the truth, bro. They, these people, they know. They cannot be this blind, bro. They know, they understand it, man. But, uh. And man, I, I feel bad you had to go through that, yeah. Same. In the richest country in the world, he had to go through that shit in his 20s. Damn. And if you really want to get go through what the heck I went through here in the richest country, 
I went completely broke. I had to dig into my savings. And I mean, when I say broke, like my checking account and my savings account were completely run dry because my insurance wouldn't cover anything because, you know, they weren't sure about the whole COVID thing and bracing themselves for this and that and went completely broke because no one would cover uh, my medical insurance. But uh, this is. Anyway. And the oh my god so so there it is I mean there there it is the elephant in the room right the mm-hmm. the thing that's the thing that's most wrong with our country right leading cause of bankruptcy um, we're the only industrialized nation that doesn't have free college and free healthcare and by free mm-hmm. I mean included in your income tax I don't mean free yeah, free yeah. you mm-hmm. pay for it it's just we pay for the military. And nothing else and everybody else gets college education and the military <laughs> you know that's a whole nother topic of itself yeah. as well but whole nother topic but you know in denmark a mcdonald's employee makes 20 bucks an hour to start they got free college and free health care so, my goodness right i would love that I lived in Lake Tahoe, California here for a little while and I had a, had a mm-hmm. few years and I had a roommate from Argentina and I was talking to him about this and he just couldn't comprehend. He's like, you mean you can't just like go to the doctor? You can't just like walk in and go, hmm, I think I got like a, you know, scot- a scratchy throat or like, he's like, man, whenever anything, you just, you just go to the doctor. You don't even think about it. Um, and that way people don't get really sick over there Mm -hmm. and i was like oh god no here it's the opposite unless you're like worried about dying you don't go to the hospital because it's going to cost you so much i mean yeah i mean i was a med student too you know or pre-med student and so i i i already i had funds enough to go through a few semesters of med school and stay out of debt because growing up that's always what i wanted to do is go through school and stay out of debt um and that was money that I had been saving up through high school and um, up until that point. That was like my whole life savings. And in Your whole a life. few months, right? in a few months, you know, my plans to go to school debt free were completely destroyed because I had to spend every penny on, um, on insurance and medical or not insurance stuff that the insurance wouldn't cover. Right. And I have, I have some, I have good health insurance. Don't get me wrong. My dad, I mean, I'm still, uh, until I'm 26, I'm on my family, my, my parents' plan. My dad teaches at a university. So he, uh, he, he has good insurance. So they should yeah. have been able to cover it, but they didn't, which came wow. out, came 100% out of my pocket. Yeah. I mean, yeah, how is that that you have insurance but certain things aren't covered? I mean, it's such a scam. We think we're the greatest country in the world, or some of us do. Some of some do. I don't. Um, but you know, to people are waving we the flag. Are. To to a point we are, and there's certain things that are great, right? Our constitution mm-hmm. is great. Our bill of rights is great. Our you know the natural mm-hmm. world here, our environment, our geography is great. Our politics and our government and the level of corruption, yeah, not so great. <laughs> not so great. Could definitely use room for improvement. But what gets me is that we don't look around how other countries are doing it. 
you know, um, my uncle was born in Ireland, but then moved here when he was like five years old or something, right? So my mom, first person in our family born in this country. So I'm second generation immigrant on my mom's side. My uncle went back to Ireland for the first time in his life when he was like 75 or something, right? Got pissed drunk in the middle of the night, went to get up to go to the bathroom, fell down the stairs at the place he was staying, had a compound fracture in his leg with bones sticking out of his leg, oh. right? He, it, it, he didn't pay a dime in the hospital, not a dime. And he was a Republican. He was like a George Bush Republican. He came back here. He's he's like, oh my God, our healthcare system's horrible. I can't believe it. I went to Ireland and they treated me for free. So all of a sudden he's like turning into a socialist. <laughs> hey, I mean that would have cost like twelve grand here. Compound fracture. Yeah. Oh my god. And I mean, part of the reason why is so, I mean, I guess I signed something uh, before they gave me the experimental stuff, the experimental drugs, but I wasn't fully conscious when I signed it. Anyway, that's part of one of the reasons why it costs so much. They still charge me for the experimental drug. Can you believe that? Um, that's unbelievable. Instead of making you part of a free trial program or something. Wow. Yeah. And each injection, when I got the uh, receipt for it, was over $900. Jesus um, but, Christ. Yeah. Wow. Now, I mean, look at the level of profit in that, right? The rule of retail is 100% markup. You can't tell me that they're only marking that up 100%. That's more like a 1,000% markup. I mean, that's... Yeah. That's the so just for those, of our healthcare system is, is, oh my God. Anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to get off track on that. Just but. for the curious ears out there. And I'm totally willing to put it out there just because I feel like I was screwed over in so many ways between the hospital, you know, ambulance, uh, everything that insurance didn't cover. Uh, I mean, it covered a little bit of ambulance and everything, but all uh, the experimental drugs and, or, and everything it, it came out to uh, just over $21,000 for six months of medical. So $21,000. Isn't that insane? Wow. It's like a down payment on a house in some parts of the country where I'm, where yeah. I'm it's a, f a fifth of a down payment, but still a fifth. That's huge. <laughs> but no, you just crumpled it up and threw it in the fireplace because America. Uh, yeah, yeah, my landlord was even giving me free rent and stuff at that time because he knew I, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't move. So literally every penny in those few months went into uh, stuff the insurance would not cover. Greetings, fellow Earthlings, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. We're going to continue this topic tomorrow, so please tune in at the same time. And remember, if you dig what I'm doing, please do share with friends.